0: under grace, we have been talking about this is our second week on the subject under grace, which is a subtopic from our message trapped by your traditions. When you say that trapped by your traditions. And we talked significantly in that area for about eight weeks and what we mean or what Holy Spirit uh, was conveying with that subject is we were talking about believers who are unable to experience their freedom in Christ because of man-made rules and man-made traditions. So as a result, uh, they were somewhat still captive as children of the living God. And who the son sets free is free indeed. So we want to make sure that we know which covenant we are born up under, <laughs> and a lot of times we have been preached a mixture of grace and law, and for a lot of people, it has people in a place of of, of burdensome, if you will, and when you try to measure up uh, or try to measure up to God's goodness based upon your own effort you somewhat become very prideful because you think it's because of your own adroitness or your own works. And that's not it. We're justified before the father because of the finished work of Jesus. And on the other side, when you don't measure up, you become very depressed because you feel like I am not doing enough. There's something that yet I still have to do, but I still keep coming up short. So as a result, many feel uh, very depressed. And just let me say this. Religion. And when I say religion. I always say this. I'm talking about man trying to work his way right before God. Man trying to become righteous before God. Based upon what he does. So in that regard. And we've seen this throughout the teaching. Um, the, the Pharisees was an example of that. But religion has done a number on God's children. Religion. Religion has done a number on the children of God psychologically, spiritually, and as a result, we have a lot of people serving God out of great trepidation. We should not be serving God out of fear. Now, there is a, now, we should venerate or reverence God or that we honor God but we should not serve God out of We should serve God out of reverence and awe. (laughs) No, we should not serve God out of fear. Why? Because God loves me. Will you say that? God loves me. God is good. God is good to me. See, See, we have to realize that, beloved, because, again, we cannot live in our freedom if we do not understand the purpose in which Christ came. Now, we know that the gospel, and we've seen this last week, and I want to show you again, because there's somewhere, somewhere I want to get to today. Will you say this for the and We're talking about under grace, okay? Now, understand this. Uh, when you've been taught incorrectly or the wrong message for any length of time, psychologists would tell you that it's going to take repetition. It's going to take hearing something over and over and applied intentionality for new furrows to be Uh, Doug, if you will, whereby I can begin to walk in these new thoughts. And I said that to say, Minister K, much of what we heard relative to the gospel has not been good news. We've heard this. Think about it. What we've heard relative to God has been how bad he is and what's going to happen to me if I don't walk just right. That is not the God we serve. We're not under his judgment. and We're going to see this in the word. Now, I'm not saying there are no consequences behind acting crazy out here. But when things when bad things happen, we have to stop saying as children of God that God is trying to get my attention. He gets his attention by talking to you. <laughs> as a matter of fact, and you know, we like to throw people like to throw in the word where well, he corrects those whom he loves, or he chastens those whom he loves. Well, that word chasing in Greek, it literally means God educates those whom he loves through his word. So he educates us through his word, not through beating you, half killing you, as some people say. And let me tell you, God is not putting sickness on you. He has taken sickness away. I don't know why the sickness came. I don't know. Maybe it's poor eating. Maybe it's, I don't know. But it's not God. That is not the good. God is good. And you have to know he is good. Watch this. And you have to stand firm. Well, you have to sit in that. And I want to elaborate on something that I said last week about standing. I didn't express it, but we're going to see that it's figurative. But we are literally sitting. So I want you to write this down for a subheading. Stay seated. Stay seated. I've never heard this, but it's always been in the word relative to the message of grace. But what we've heard, for the most part, has been a bad message. Notice, good news. When just by the mere fact at face value, when you hear good news, you are expecting good news. Good news is not, if you're dressed this way, God will accept you. That's bad news. What if I don't have a suit? It's not good news to tell me if I miss it, I'm not holy. Jesus made me holy once and for all. <laughs> Are you here? That's not good news. Now you're telling me I have to do a work. again. It's not based upon my works. Who's with me? But, but, but we have to see notice and we're going to see. I'm going to show you scriptures. We have to, you have to stand firm in this. Because people will try to shake your confidence, minister. Circumstances will talk to you and try to get you to become unseated. But you have to be determined, uh, daughter, to no matter what, I'm going to stay seated. Seated in what? His grace. Let me show you. Are you with me? But the gospel is, we seen last week, and I want to show you this. Let's go to... First, let me show you Romans 6.14. Now, we're talking about under grace. And for the most part, we haven't heard it extensively. And you're going to have to hear uh, more than one or two messages on this to be able to sit in this. Are you with me? But much of what we heard relative to. To the gospel of God's grace, it had been good news. Because what's being preached, most of us, we, we get preached to in a condemning way, a very judgmental way. Watch out for this angry God if you fall short. That is not good news. And as we uh, learned over the course of these past couple of weeks, and I showed you, that grace, when you understand grace, Or Jesus, who is the the embodiment of grace, it actually makes you eager to want to do the right thing. Who gets that? You'll want to see you you because He loves me so much, and not based on my merit or anything that I do. That makes that see that makes you eager to want to do the right thing. It's burdensome to think you. you, You can't measure up by based upon what you do and you thinking God is looking down you in fury. That's not the God we serve. But unfortunately for many, that's the God that's being presented. So it's going to take more than one message to uproot erroneous teaching relative to grace. Okay. Now, when we talk about the gospel message or the good news of God's grace as Apostle Paul, so the gospel message is actually the good news of God's grace. Grace. Well, how can you say that? Because grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is full of grace and. Tr- so, we're going to show you this. But in uh, Paul tells us First Corinthians, and I just you can find in First Corinthians around uh, chapter fifteen. Of course, it was Christ that died for our sins, right? According to the scriptures, He was buried. He rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. After that, He was seen by over 500 people at one time, that's uh, according to the Word of God, and he ascended and was seated at the right hand of God the Father, okay? And as a result of that, grace or his grace has placed us now, daughter, in right standing with God. So the gospel message ministry is broader than missing hells eternity, or uh, spending eternity in the lake of fire. That's just a small portion. Yes, you have eternal life according to the word of God the moment you receive Him. but it's bigger than that. It's understanding that I'm righteous now before God based on the merit of Jesus, not mine. Are you here? And see, when you understand that, You will present him to others with grace, not from a judgmental standpoint, not from a condemning standpoint, but from a place of grace, love, understanding. And that doesn't mean you are agreeing with the lifestyle, but it's not my job. To condemn. Holy Spirit will convict. I point you to him, and he does the work. Boy, you guys, you're looking at me like, what is he talking about? I th- th- this is good to me. I'm not being I'm not being condemned. I'm not used to this. I was looking for hell fire and brimstone. I was looking for somebody to tell me. Are you with me? So because of, the gospel, or the good news of God's grace, our righteousness—oh man, it's so good—is our righteousness before God is on the basis of Christ's finished work. Let me show you something. Romans six fourteen. I'm reviewing still. For sin should not what have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under what are you under? What are you under? Again. It, we were never under the old custom the, the the law of Moses, the old covenant system. We were not under that. We we talked about that. Were we under that? No. God having provided something better for us. Okay. So so what, how can you say you know, uh, we we went under? Are you killing turtle doves and, and bulls every time you miss it? Do you have to come to me to, uh, once a year? I have to go before God for for what you've done. You come to the high priest? No. Are you with me? Uh. Or, or, or now we can still honor certain holy days and things of that nature, but we're not right before God by keeping those days. Who understands all this? So you saw you, you got eight weeks of that. So I'm not going to go over that again. So, so but we're um, what I want to show you here is that we're not, and, and the reason why I'm so this is because sometimes we. I don't know why we water it down. There always has to be a hook behind it. Yeah, we're not under law, but under grace. But, but what? But we're under grace. God's unmerited favor. God's enabling power. Are you with me? So, we're not under law, but we're under grace. And again, you have to remember the law emphasizes God's divine standard and the inability of fallen man to meet them. Man could not meet them. It just pointed men that they were in need of God. While grace, remember the law showed us that we needed God, while grace rescues fallen humanity from deserved punishment. So because of Christ, we have been rescued from deserved punishment. So since you have been rescued from deserved punishment, when you fall short, don't look for punishment, look for more grace. Yeah. Right. Uh, don't look for more, don't look for punishment, look for more of his grace. And because of that, that's going to make you eager to run to him all the more readily and quickly. Are you here? Again, the law pointed pinpointed the problem, and grace fixed the problem. Okay? Now, grace, again, it's the Greek word charis, which literally means the unmerited love and favor of God. And succinct to just shorten it up grace is the unmerited love and favor of God, it is God's enabling power. Now, I want to show you this. We said that the gospel message is the good news of God's grace. The gospel message is the what? God's grace. The gospel message is what? So when those of us who are believers, we've been commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel message of God's, the good news of God's. So what should we be teaching? The good news of God's. Let me show you this. Now, again, just to show you something. Paul, again, he was reviewing his past conduct among the Ephesians, and basically he was saying, listen, life is not worth living unless I'm doing the work of God. And we talked about that should be a teaching point for us all. We should have that mindset, man, you you know what? If, If I'm not doing anything for God, really, as Solomon says, it's all for naught. It's all vanity. So that should be our mindset. Man, God is at the forefront of what motivates me, okay? And he was saying what he put into life was far more than what he got out. His ambition was to obey God and please men. But I want to show you something, what he was saying in this verse, verse 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count myself dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the, Listen, and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of The grace of God. So here you go. His ministry was to testify, to share the gospel of God's God's unmerited favor. Do you see this? So the thrilling message of God's undeserved favor is what he was saying. That's my job is to declare the message of God's undeserved favor to who? The guilty to those who were sinners, to those who were deserving of hell's damnation. Are you with me? So basically grace is God's goodness to those who believe in him that they might receive a course forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. Now we just said that the gospel message is the good news of God's, talk to me now, it's the good news of God's grace. See, <laughs> Because many of us come from various backgrounds, so it's, it's almost like starting over, unless you've been here for a while. So, Again, there, there's going to be some, I, at the beginning of the teaching, I said there's going to be some cognitive dissonance, conflict in beliefs. When you heard the wrong thing, now you're hearing truth. The wrong thing gonna fight against that truth because it's been cemented so long, it really don't want to leave because it's done got you at a good place. See, think that see. This thing got you rooted in trying to perform before God. That's why you you, you, you feel indifferent when you don't dress. This, I don't what. I don't feel holy. It ain't based upon a, a feeling. I don't feel right. I don't. I, ah. Are you with me? Let me show you. Let the word be established by the mouths of two or three witnesses. Okay. The gospel message, the good news of God's grace. I would write that down if I was you. So it has to be good news. What's the good news? God's grace. Christ is the good news. We're going to see this. Now, Apostle Paul, who was also called or known as the apostle of grace, uh, just let me kind of tell you what he's saying here because I want to read these verses. Now, one of the things he's doing, he is correlating or rather segregating, listen to this, Two covenants between God and his people. If you remember, uh, at one time, the Apostle Paul was a Jewish leader. He was a Pharisee. Then later he became an apostle of Jesus Christ. So uh, he lived under both the old and new covenants. Do you remember when he was a Pharisee? He was going around dragging people out of their homes, having them persecuted for righteousness sake. He had zeal, but it wasn't according to knowledge. But he lived under both the old and the new covenants. So he lived under God's law for Israel, then the new covenant of grace for all who would come to know Christ through faith. That's why he is the apostle of grace, if you will. So he's definitely equipped and qualified to make the distinction between both old and new covenants. And I want to show you something here. Let's look at verse Seven. So now in verse 7, he shares how someone say the glory of the old covenant. So he was sharing how it was fading away just as it did on Moses' face after he had been with God. So and we seen a couple weeks ago that it has once the, Christ came, this new faith came, the tutor was no longer needed. Christ fulfilled the law. Then we've seen that it was obsolete in Hebrews. Are you here? We're talking about the requirements and those things to be right before God. Are you with me? Then second in verse 8, he listen to this now. He shows that the ministry of the Spirit under the new covenant brings an even greater glory. I'm just kind of explaining what we're about to read. So greater glory is revealed in the new covenant. Listen to this, of God's grace through faith in Christ. So there's a greater glory, listen to this now, in the new covenant of God's grace, a greater glory. Are you with me? Now, let's read verse 7. Now, if the ministry of death engraved in the ladders on stones, the, talking about the, the covenant of the law, which led to death because of sin, came with such glory and splendor that the Israelites were not able to look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory A brilliance that was fading. Verse 8, how will the ministry of the spirit, talking about the new covenant, which allows us to be spirit-filled, fail to be even more glorious and splendid? Verse 9, for if the ministry that brings condemnation. See, again, it brought about condemnation because man could never measure up on his own. So he was forever condemned. The old covenant has glory. How much more? Does glory overflow in the ministry that brings what? Righteousness. Talking about the covenant which declares believers free of guilt and sets them apart for God's special purpose. So you you should be free of guilt and condemnation. Holy Spirit will convict you, but he is not the one condemning you. Are you with me? Verse 10. Indeed, what had glory, what What had glory, talking about the law, in this case, no longer has case, has glory. (laughs) Doesn't have a case either. Because of the glory that surpasses it, talking about the the gospel of grace. Guys, listen, I I, want to make this plain. Because we, we have to get to a place where we sit in this. We shouldn't be thinking evil thoughts and bad things happening. The expectation of the righteous, the word of God says, is good. Why are you looking for bad? I'm not looking for bad. If it show up, I'll dip me in Jesus and deal with it, but my expectation isn't of bad things happening. Because of the glory that no, it, this glory surpasses that old. Verse 11, for if that law which fades away came with glory, how much more must that gospel which re- remains and is permanent abide in glory and splendor? The fact that God introduces a new covenant means that the first is obsolete. We've seen this in a couple weeks ago. So there should be no thought of trying to make yourselves right before God by your own merit. We're right before God because of Jesus' merit. And that, guess what, compels me. Makes me eager to walk right. Thus, listen to this. The gospel of grace does not overthrow the law. Why? Because Christ came to fulfill it. It upholds the law and shows how the law's demands have been fully satisfied by Christ's redemptive work. So in other words, when Christ fulfilled it, it's upholding it in that based upon what I did. Notice we've seen that when Christ declared it is finished, all the prophecies about him were fulfilled. All the, he met all the demand. The remember, he was born under the law. He, don't, he kept it perfectly. So by him satisfying that, we no longer have to try to satisfy it on our own. Are you here? Why? Because we're being fully satisfied by his redemptive work. Who's getting this? We say this, I am under grace. Let me show you something. John 1, 14. John 1, 14. Who's getting something? Listen, you, you, you have to go home, sir, ma'am, and you have to you have to listen to this. It, it 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 because it's it's not nothing real deep, but you have to meditate on it where it can seep, where it can settle and get in you. You hear? And the word. Became flesh and were among us, talking about Jesus, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of. He was full of grace and truth, and I told you that word "full" in the Greek it means to be completely occupied with. So Christ is full of grace and truth. Notice i said he is the epitome. He's the personification, incarnation, the realization of Jesus, of, I mean of grace. So when you see Jesus, you actually see grace. Why? Because he was full of grace. Let me show you something. Notice I said he is the incarnation of it, the realization of it. I like the way the TPT translates it. It makes it a little bit more clear. Uh, Titus 2.11. Let me show you something. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person. (laughs) Bringing salvation for everyone. So when we're talking about grace, we're talking about the man, Jesus. And guess where he resides? What does he reside? In us. <laughs> or oh, we reside in him, rather. Jesus is full of grace. Let's, let's go back to verse 14. And John says that from that fullness, those who have trusted in Christ have received grace and more grace. Let's look at verse 16 from the Amplified. Let me show you something. See, if you've been beat down with religion all your life, man, your spirit man is leaping because he likes what he's hearing, but that old man going to fight you tooth and nail. You got to keep hearing this to to get cemented. Not like Grandma them and, and Papa them and, and the old school say, man, we can't do anything right under the. They 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 were they were strictly taught um, the old covenant for the most part. Incorrect, hey amen. For whatever for whatever reasons. That's why they think we are out of control. They think we don't love Jesus. Why? Because some of us have tattoos. Some of us, you, you, you know, we're not wearing white dresses all the way to the floor. We have on makeup. Our hair is dyed. I mean, I, we, we doing everything. Lips sticking all. Are you here? Paint, women wearing pants. But, but that's what his grace provides. I'm not looking at you on your merit. (laughs) See, if I had to do those things now, it's based upon my merit. How I dress, how I look, how. Are you here? (laughs) For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth. We have all received, listen to this, grace upon grace. I see. see, I want to show you this because I want to move into when you understand grace upon grace, you will stay seated. And you won't let another, another nut tell you differently. Start to say ninja, like Kung Fu ninja. But you're ne- you won't let another person who doesn't have clear revelation get you out of your seat. For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth. We have all, talking about believers, receive what? Grace upon grace. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon faith. Hey! And do you see this? And gift upon, when you say this, I have received spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor. Listen, in other words, your favor has favor. Y'all missing this. And favor on top of that, and favor on top of that. Let me show, make You go. See, see. You have to remember, one of the hallmarks of our interaction with Jesus is we have now encountered grace. Listen, here, here, here's what John's trying to say. Believers receive grace, and then more grace. Grace served on top of that grace, grace on top of that grace, and more grace. See, that's unmerited. Grace on top of that, on top of that, on top of that, Then when you get up there you, you, and get a ladder, it, 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 it's on top of that. Then you have to get in the airplane. Then it's on top of that. Then when you go into the stratosphere, it's on top of that. Then you. See, it, it's hard to see this because you've been taught you're going to hell because you missed church yesterday. You, you didn't tie it last week. Your car broke down. You, you, you're like, okay, Lord, Lord. What we've been served is guilt and condemnation. We haven't been served grace, on top of grace, on top of grace, on top of favor, on top of favor, on top of gift, on top of gift. We, we haven't heard that for the most part. The point is this. The point is this. Christ is full of grace. And those who know him get showered with this oh this grace oh you're not getting it. see I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach this again next week because Holy Spirit wants me to yeah I just heard that Now, this you are not this this just hitting the surface for some no it, we want this to get in you will you say this I am seated. I am seated. Let me show you something. Ah. Oh, maybe I'll give it to you next week because I done did how many minutes? 30? Should, should I go on? Or should I just should I is this a good stopping point? I'm looking for the hungry people. I'm looking for the people who are hungry. <laughs> Will you say this? I am sitting in grace. Now, I want to go to Romans 5, 2. Let's read this. Then let me say some things. Verse 1, therefore, since we have been justified. Do you guys see this? Y'all read out loud with me so to get in your spirit. Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, Declared blameless. How, how are you before God? How? See, you have to get this. I am blameless before God. You have to stand firm in this ministry because if I if you know if I have a fall short experience, it'll try to get you out of your seat. Tell you you're not holy. You're not worthy. Now I'm gonna sit right here in this grace. Because it ain't based upon my merit. That is acquittance and declare blameless before God by... so you have to stay in agreement. Let us... See, so you have to grasp that fact that I am blameless before God. When you say that, I am blameless before God. Even with me working on some proclivities and some other things, even with my shortcomings... Even dipping snuff, I am still holy before God. See, we're not used to hearing, yeah, I might have smoked a cigarette last night, but I'm still holy before God. And I'm not telling you to go out and do the cigarette Package is home to your hell. I'm saying, don't let nobody condemn you, you stay seated until that taste go away, and once it go away, you sit there all the more. That's what I'm saying, because you're not going to find a scripture that says smoking t- would send you to hell. Don't smoke, it's just bad for your health. Who gets what I'm saying? Because again, if I got to stop first, now you're saying it's based upon my merit. The Lord not waiting on you to stop smoking. He's not waiting on you to stop fornicating. He's not waiting on you to stop, no. Come to Him just like you are. And that word will work on you and you'll stop, but you got to stay seated. You don't, you don't know how to sit down long enough for them to work. You got to stay seated. You won't sit long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down, y'all. Trying to get me roused up. I don't know about you, but I, I'm gonna stay seated. Let us grasp that fact: we have peace with God, and the real, and the joy of reconciliation with Him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the only one. Verse two, through Him. We also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace, which we firmly and safely, securely stand. Hold on. Let us rejoice in our hope and the. See, I'm going to show you something. You got to stay confident. Confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of His excellent power. Excellence and power. Right here. That word "stand" is stand figuratively. It's not to just stand. It more properly it means to be seated. It mean, in the Greek literally means established to stand firm or to be steadfast, to be steadfast. I want to say steadfast. steadfast. So I'm going to show you something. Let me let, let me let me let me prove this to you. Why, why he's not wanting you to stand and who wants you to seat sit. Watch this. So stand here is figurative. It means it literally means to be steadfast. See, watch this. You will always be able to sit longer than you're able to stand. Yeah, you, you will always be able to sit longer than you are able to stand. That's why if you stand for a long period of time, you will eventually collapse. Yeah, after a while. We was at a wedding one year, and while they were doing a you know, wedding vows, we heard a big boom, 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 boom. Somebody in the back who had been standing too long. Legs gave way. Standing is all right, but you can only stay. See, when you stand, you you, you depending on your effort. Because you trying to see, but see, but when you sit, man of God, you are always depending or relying on the support or the work of someone or something else. See, When when I'm seated, I'm resting in the support of the seat. It's not my effort. It's the seat's effort. So I'm able to rest because it is the seat doing the work. That's why when you stand or when you work or when you do it your own, you usually get fatigue. And when you get tired, what you need to do is, but we've been taught to keep, standing when you get tired and it's not working let me show you if Christ that you declare is seated in heavenly places why are you standing he's seated and let me show you that you are seated Are you here? What's this is wrong. You've been standing. You need to sit down. Religion has had us standing far too long. We need to learn how to sit. Someone say, I'm seated in grace. Colossians 1. Let me show you something. Notice we've just seen that confidence, right? Guys, you have to get this. Oh, ah. Oh. When you get this, Oh, my God, man, I can't. You have to be in it to know what I'm talking about. Watch this. And although you are at one time estranged. Let, 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 come here, Calder, let, let me show let you something. Come here. Come here, Fred. See? Cause I don't know how, how his balance is. So, see, see, standing, see, st- standing ain't real. Standing. I mean, you might be alright for a minute, but when that hard blow come, you know when she really gets you, you 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 went for the. See, you you have to know then. You have to. But when he's seated. And he stays seated. And he knows no matter what comes his way, he can stay. So everything that come at him, look at him. That boy firm now. Why? Because he's not dependent on his effort now. He resting in what Jesus did. Let me show you. You alright, man? All right, thank you. Sir. I didn't mean to beat up <laughs> Verse 21. Uh, And although you were at one time a strange, alienated, and hostile minded toward him, practicing in evil things. Verse 22. Yet Christ has now what? He has what? Who has? Christ reconciled you to God in his physical body through his death in order to present you how you presented before the Father? Holy. Holy. Listen, now no, you have to believe this. How are you presented before God? But, but you're trying to quit smoking. You, you, you still lie a little bit. You're not, you know, you ain't always tithing and giving. You still, you and your wife at it all the time. You know, you fell last night. He presents you holy blameless and above see it's knowing his love for you in getting through those things makes you want to be all the more eager I don't need to be doing this foolery are you here watch this verse 22 and he would do see and he would do this for you if you what verse 23 Verse 23, and he would do this if you continue in what? Stay in what? No, staying in agreement with God. Well-grounded and that word steadfast is also the word firm. Now, watch this. Uh, And not shifting away from confidence, confident hope, that is a result of the gospel or the good news of grace that you have heard which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which gospel. And we've seen the acts that the gospel Paul was a minister to was the gospel of grace. Paul, I do minister. That word steadfast is also the same word firm. It's the Greek word, headwayos. And it means sitting or seated. Look it up. It means seated or sitting. Let's look at it again. And he would do this if you will continue in the faith, or you stand you stay seated in disagreement. God. In other words, no matter what tries to come your way, you have to stay seated in the agreement that I have with the Father. Because I'm presenting to you holy, blameless. See, you have to sit in that. So that word, it means what? Seated. Seated or seating. More properly, When you look it up, it says to sit. It says solidly based or well seated. So you have to sit in that. That I'm holy. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm not gonna be condemned. I'ma sit and how. Jesus presents me before the Father, holy, blameless. Y'all letting him over there at that church tell y'all, y'all ain't ain't going to hell for smoking. I'm going to sit in it because God says I'm holy. I'm not looking for the crowd. I know it's hard because you don't been told because you slipped up and said something crazy that you're going to hell. And I submit to you that the church has just about done more psychologically damaged, psychological damage to people than folk that's in the world. So that word steadfast means to be seated. Remember steadfast in Romans? Let me show you something. Ephesians 2, 4 and 6. I'm almost getting to a stopping place. Now here, Christ is dealing with being alive in him, but I want to show you something. Beginning at verse 4. But God, being so very rich in mercy, because of his great and wonderful love with which he loves us, even when we were what? Spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins. He made us spiritual life together with Christ for by his his grace, grace, his undeserved favor and mercy. You, You see, when you start thinking of grace now, you think of grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Favor upon favor, upon favor, upon favor. His uh, his undeserved favor and mercy. You have been saved from, see here, you have been from his judgment because of his grace. Verse 6. And he has raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us. No, it's in him. In heavenly places, because we are in Christ. No, it's transliterated into English, but the Greek says see, this is important. I I copied and pasted the definition from the Greek. Put it up, Tamara. This this is how it reads. And he raised us up together, and keep going. Are y'all here? Seated us together in the hold on heavenly realms in. So you're not seated with you. You are seated in. That's why your life is hid, as Colossians three and three said, in Him. See, you are seated in Him. See, He's sitting. At the right hand of God, the Father, when he looks over there, he he doesn't see you per se. He sees Christ. But you are in Christ. So he sees you, but he sees you in light of Christ. Why? Because you are in him. You are seated in him. Are you here? So I'm not standing Next, I'm. S- see when we think seated in heaven place you think you, you look and you see a whole lot of people sitting there no no I am seated in him next to the Father. Oh boy. I thought y'all would since I showed you the original. Now with him is good, but in him is more accurate. You have to stay seated in grace. Hold up. Now let's read it. And he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him. Oh. So. I don't know, why, why are we talking about smoking today? Who's smoke? Which one of y'all need to be delivered from smoking? So, even with, see, let me see something. Say this mint is a cigarette. No, say this is you and your cigarette. This mint right here. This is you. Who is this? This is, thank you, sir. The, the smoker has been identified. y'all know we having fun watch this watch this so even am I telling you to smoke I'm saying God loves you in spite of you smoking somebody always want to get it twisted hear the whole message so okay use weed okay same thing I'm not telling you to do that, but God loves you, and when you understand his grace, you will puff, puff, less and less. Why? Because you mean to tell me he loved me the chronic? Oh, he loves me that much? Let me sit down. Can he love me that much? I don't want any more of that. Watch this. The envelope represents Jesus. So, who who can see the mint? Tell me, who can see the mint? So, you're going to be, he's not God. For the sake of this illustration, he's God. He's not God in the literal sense, for the sake of the illustration. Okay? He said God was at service. See? So, look, so when he looks at the right hand, he don't see you. He sees but look, but you got the cigarette in your pocket. You're still working on this. You're working on that. Well, see, he doesn't see it because you are here. Because he's looking at you now based upon the merit of Jesus and not what you do. And when you understand that, that he sees me in light of what Christ did, that'll make me all the more eager to remain seated. And all that other stuff will begin to fall off. Who gets that? Let let, let me end with this verse. I don't went too long. Hebrews 1 and 3. Let me end with this. I'm normally not this long, guys, but you guys, go on, go, go on, go on, go ahead. Work with it. Work the text. Walk with him. Yeah, okay. So we're here now. Let's look at this verse, last verse. The sun is the radiance and the only expression of the glory of our awesome God. We know he's God in the flesh. God reflecting God's Shekinah glory. The light being the brilliant light of the divine. And the exact representation and perfect imprint of his Father's essence and upholding all, maintaining, and propelling all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe by his powerful word, carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. When he himself and no other had by offering himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin, accomplished purification from sins and established. Our freedom from guilt. He sat down, revealing his completed work at the right hand of the majesty on high, revealing his divine authority. So when he finished that, you were, you remember we were buried with him, raised with him. When you become a believer, you are saved. He is the fullness of grace. He, am, he is the embodiment crystal. So you are sitting in. You are sitting in grace upon grace upon grace upon favor upon. See God I wish we could we have to We have to remain in this. As he said to the church of Colossus, and to those of Rome, you got to be confident. See, if you're not confident, you'll get pushed out of your seat. And as we learned a couple weeks ago in Galatians uh, 5 and 4, man of God, when you do that, you sever yourself from God's grace. Don't let anybody push you. Out of your seat. Why? Because I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ. Jesus. So when he looks at Jesus, when he looks at Jesus on behalf of Carter, he sees his son. Who gets this? See, remaining seated says I'm relying on Christ's effort, not my own. When you remain seated, you're saying, I'm resting. (laughs) When you sit, in essence, you are resting. Who go home and rest just stand up all you just standing up? I mean, there's a couch next to you, and you just standing up. You just had a long day of work, just I mean. Just work 16 hours. You you can just come home and just stand up. No, you're going to sit and rest. And guess what God wants us to do? To sit and rest. See, when you're unseated, it's to rely on self-effort. Don't remove yourself, beloved, from his grace. Ah, oh, come on, let's get a load of and praise. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit shakinagloryfc.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.